I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, hey, Sean. Yeah, Craig. Do you know what today is? <laughs> it's Monday, baby. Well, it's Monday, which we don't record on Mondays, nor do we, nor do we publish on Mondays, which we are. It yeah, is Monday, May twenty third, for all of you calendar <laughs> wait, fans. Wait a second. If I'm tricked, nobody told me today's Monday. We're the Tuesday boys with three Z's. Happy Victoria Day, Sean. <laughs> Be honest. Did you know that this was a holiday like two weeks ago? I did not until producer Jeff said, hey, can you fill in for the Monday Canadians, Ian and company uh, because it's Victoria Day. Then we started. I was reading the Wikipedia today. Um, Learned a lot about it. (laughs) Is that a war thing? No, Victoria. It's uh, she was a queen, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, And. uh, I don't know a lot about it to be honest. <laughs> but is she the one is she the one on the money or is that a different queen? Uh she uh, she's the one that plays she's playing hockey I think on a pond <laughs> on on the uh, Toonies. <laughs> is it a dollar or what? I, d- I don't know. I just hope I just hope Ian and whoever else is having a having a wonderful time. So this happy, afternoon. yes. So happy to all <laughs> those who celebrate. You know, wait, wait a second. You know, you know, Craig, doing all those, all those Victoria Day, tra- <laughs> all those Victoria Day traditions that we know and love so much. Well, I mean, it, so here's here's what it is. I my my research, I learned a. This is when you can switch to your summer clothes in Canada, so you can retire. You put the toque away. <laughs> yeah. And get out the get out the white pants. You can get up the white pants. <laughs> And open up the cottage, baby. You hear that, Pierre? Wherever you are, one one two two. (laughs) One one two two. Boogie Woogie Avenue. That's the other thing about Pierre too is he never stops wearing Pierre (laughs) summer clothes. Pierre's cottage is open year round, and he's always got white pants on. I saw him on. I saw him like when was that? When when were we in Toronto? It was like it was December. Linen shirt and white shorts the entire time. Refused Mm -hmm. to wear a jacket. Crazy. You also can um, safely plant your garden. That's that's what this. It's they say. You know, you're probably not going to get frost. So I, I can, as a Michigan resident, I can feel that. So that's this is your Victoria Day uh, infomercial. We have a great show as the fill-ins for the Monday show. 
this we will stay we are gonna stay american here we've got jeremy rutherford coming in uh in segment number two to talk about what's been a wild series blues in colorado uh it's been it's been pretty entertaining um but first sean there's a couple things i want to talk to you about here before Mm -hmm. we get to to jr and playoff talk in in that series i i want to get at some of the coach openings because i think it's become a pretty fascinating list um but at the end of the Rangers Carolina game, uh, Max Domi gets a whack on Ryan Lindgren. We got a little bit of controversy. Jared Gallant, who typically doesn't say a ton in his no. media availabilities, was was pretty upset. He says, uh, and I'm, uh, his quote was, I wasn't happy with the bullshit at the end of the game that they initiated. We didn't do that when the games were closed. They put their guys out. That's fine. If they want to play like that, we've got the guys that can match them. Um. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think he said something else. He basically said we have the guy that can end it, right? Yeah. Domi took a cheap shot at our defenseman. (laughs) You've got a long memory in this. In this, to think about things, it might be on the other foot someday. (laughs) You never know. You know. Yeah. Who? Who is he? Who is he talking about? Because it clearly wasn't Ryan Reeves. He must have been talking about somebody else. Well, because. Ryan Reeves was on the ice when that happened. And it still happened? The nuclear deterrent was not there. It didn't stop Max Domi from doing anything, really. And of course, and of course it didn't because we've, (laughs) we've, we've, we've watched Max Domi for long enough now. I don't, I I don't think he's going to, he's going to be, you know, if if he wants to pull some, pull some ratty shit, he's not going to be stopped by Ryan Reeves necessarily. But, but Reeves is on the ice. That was the funniest thing. Was seeing yes. it, you know. Yes, re- the officials stopped him from, you know, getting maybe whatever piece he was looking for there. But the idea that, you know, hey, we got this guy, so he's he's gonna stop you from from doing anything. Like, I don't know about that. He yeah. was he was twenty feet away from Max Domi, whenever whenever it happened. Well, it adds. So yeah. So here's what he says exactly. The game is over. This is uh, Gerard Glott. They're not sending any message. We've got the guy that can handle all their guys if we want to. We didn't do it like that. Oh, congratulations. You know, you know what's gonna happen? And this is this is why it might be some like elite troll move from Max Domi, is that it's gonna con Gallant into playing Ryan Reeves for like sixteen minutes next game. <laughs> it's That's like what he's Max gonna yeah, he's like he's like I'm he's like I know exactly what I'm doing here. Evil genius Max Domi is that he's going to completely <laughs> throw throw the lines out of whack because because now now Gallant's going to want to get uh Reeves that much more time. I don't know. It's it's very funny. Like it is. And I I typically don't think this stuff matters and, you know, it's just popcorn at the end of the game. And I and I feel that. I I do generally feel that about this. I I don't think this is going to have any appreciable impact on the next game unless Gaunt does go out and you know <laughs> play Reeves for however many shifts and if Reeves if Reeves starts a line brawl and a bunch of people get you know get game misconducts then I, I, I'll stand corrected but I, I don't think this is going to necessarily, necessarily lead to anything it's just it's just very funny watching folks act like he is still whether it's Reeves whether it's you know whoever in the league you know who's who's like that and still left they're just not 
it doesn't matter. Their presence on the roster is not going to stop anything. I thought that was something we agreed on at least a couple years ago. Nope. Nope. We haven't. Guess not. Not agreed on that. Um, Brian Rust. I wanted to get this before we get to JR. Brian Rust signs a deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins um, that I think we we assumed Brian Rust was going to hit free agency because mm-hmm. the Penguins have to do deals for, with Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. <laughs> do they? Do they? Presumably. Do they well, they don't. I wouldn't say they have to. But instead, we get a six-year deal worth $5.125 million annually for Brian Russ. I would say a pretty reasonable deal Yeah. Uh, for a guy that's essentially become a point-per-game player. Uh, he's 30 years old, so you're getting the downside, etc. all the caveats around a free agent signing. But not like... You know, pr- pretty reasonable deal for Brian Rust. Um, w- what do we think this means to Latang and Malkin, if anything? Boy, it's tough to imagine both of them coming back. I like I, there was definitely a point, maybe last summer, where I felt like Rust was going to be the guy who would have been the first to have gone. Yeah, if, if if any of those three, and now he's the first to. He's the first assigned. Latang is the one that I'm just, I'm just, it's, it's just so hard for me to imagine him coming back because he is going to be able to make still so much money on the free agent market. Like, I, I think, I think Chris, is it impossible for Chris Latang to make seven and a half million dollars or eight million dollars a year? Even, yeah. even though, even though he's 35, he's got the pedigree. He's a workout freak. He wants another big deal because you know he's been underpaid relative to his peers for the last however many years. I mean, he's got that appetite for it, I think. And if he if he wants to go out and sign for five years and seven point dot 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 million dollars a year, I think yeah. th- I think that contract's going to be there for him. And I think the discount he would be taking, you know, if that is the neighborhood where the Penguins and Fenway Sports Group want. If Genny Malkin and Chris Letang to live in terms of AAV, that is that is farther off for Chris Letang than Evgeny Malkin at this point. And it's really tough to see how it happens. Can I can you think of any 35-year-old defensemen I that, I, that are I was I'm just trying I was just as you were saying it, I'm like, okay, what what's a comp here where somebody was getting high-end money at 35? I'm not sure in the I don't want to say cap era, but I don't know that in the last, I don't know that there's an apples to apples comparison in the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, is it, is it Scott Niedermeyer? I don't know, but like. <laughs> that means you're going back if that's where you're starting. <laughs> that's right. And, 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 it, and it gets, and it gets completely whacked out too, because, because if it happened in the cap era, it's not going to, the raw number is not going to be the same. So, in terms of percentages, it's right. the same. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Guys like him don't typically reach free agency. I yeah. think that's part of it. And if they, and if they do reach free agency, it's not when they're still, you know, on the periphery of the Norris discussion. Like I, yeah. I don't think, I, I don't think Chris Letang is going to finish fifth in voting or anything. But I would say he'd probably be top ten. I think there were a lot of people who were like. Yeah, who were looking? Who were looking at their top five on their ballot? And were like, yeah, yeah, I had him at eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and guys like that don't guys like that don't hit the market that often. I'm whether tra- they're like, thirty, whether they're thirty five or not. My, I guess the best comparable. I'm trying to. You're right. I don't know if there's one that jumps to mind. And Brett Burns signed his deal. He was 31 years old and signed an eight year deal worth eight million per season. So that takes him to whatever it is, 39. Let's say when that deals up, this was. So that would be the equivalent at 35 of signing a four year deal. I mean, it's this is not fair at all because you're buying, you're paying for the early part of that contract, but. Like yeah, you were, you were signing Brent Burns into his forties or close to forty. You're you're st- you're saying we're going to give this guy this this amount of money when he's thirty nine or whatever. Yeah, Brent like Burns, a premium amount of money. Brent Burns, by the way, I think people for like for his for as great as his career be- has been, and for as much of a workout freak as he is, and all, yeah. all that. Great story by Corey Mazasek about that. Yeah, that was a good story. They ran they ran recently. Um, major major concussion issues like he has he has he has health red flags go, going back early in his career right so there's some buyer there's buyer beware there just like there's there'd be buyer beware on Latang yeah by virtue of being 35 and also having some stuff on his on his resume so i don't know man if i'm if i'm a team that has some money to spend i can certainly think of worse ways of doing it than paying 7 and a quarter million dollars for Chris Letang for the next for the next five seasons, I'd love I'd love to do it for three seasons, but I don't think mm-hmm. Chris is doing that right. Like, that's it. This is right? his last that's, big deal. Yeah, that's what that's that's what happens when you got guys when you got guys chasing the last big deal on the first on the on the first day of free agency, whatever that is. The turn the 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 dollar sign isn't going to be a problem for people, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be the years, and he okay. understand he understandably is is looking for. Several. As we sit on, what is this, Victoria Day? The, 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 the highest of holiest queen <laughs> holidays in the monarch. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, six head coach openings in the NHL right now. And I was, we haven't, I mean, we talked about Barry Trotz a little bit and kind of where he's going to end up. These are actually some really good jobs. Like this isn't like these are jobs where you're, you're joining a franchise that's going to spend. In a lot of these cases, you're joining one of them is a Stanley Cup potential contender if if they can get it together. Um, some original six like like this is wow this, wow dude you really like the Winnipeg Jets. I think of all of these jobs like we 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 thought maybe Barry Trotz would go to Winnipeg. I don't know if it seems like. It, Maybe that would happen by now if it was happening. That's mm-hmm. the worst of the openings. So I wanted your opinion on this. So a- as we sit now, we have the Flyers, the Red Wings, the Jets, the Stars, the Blackhawks, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Sean, you are the mm-hmm. hottest commodity in coaching right now. Yes, I, Congratulations. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I am great. You're, out, you, you're sitting on a five-year contract offer from all of these franchises. Yeah. Because everybody wants you, Sean Gentile, right, to coach their team, yeah, of course. Right. Which of those teams are you choosing? Like, where do you say, I? this is the best scenario for me to have success over the next five years? Is the is the dollar figure the same? Like, is the contract yep, identical? It's five times seven. That's how valuable you are. It's still Vegas. I would love to, I would love to not pick Vegas. I think it is still Vegas. I think you just look at the amount of talent that they have on that roster. 
And if you're a coach, maybe has some experience with ego management, let's, let's say, or just has, has a knack for making personalities fit. I don't know how you look at that roster and don't think like, yeah, okay. Just from a sheer raw material standpoint, this is, it's, it's better, it's better than anything else. And that's even despite paying Alex Petrangelo $20 million until he's 55 years old or whatever, whatever that contract is. I, I still think, I still think I like that job more than the rest of them. You're dealing with in 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 your five year window here. You got you're joining a you know Mark Stone's thirty, Pacioretty's thirty three, Petrolangelo's Mark, Mark Stone's thirty. They've gone they, they whatever Michael, just, just fired knows? another coach. Did did Gallant dirty all that stuff? Bill Foley maybe you know yeah. I, there's he's, red he's a, flags. He's, he's he's a wild card. I agree with you. I agree, but I think from a talent standpoint, that's still. That still wins out. I think Dallas is probably a pretty narrow second for me at this point. Really? That I don't think that would have been the case before the playoffs, before you saw Jake Gottinger on that nope. stage. But I did. Did you? I'll coach, I'll coach that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I would coach that guy. Here's what I'm thinking if I'm you, you in this scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about year one. I'm thinking about years two and three. Yeah, that's true. So I'm like, hey, okay, I've got honeymoon in year one. I want, I want the best young talent, and so I'm looking at the other jobs. I'm looking at maybe Chicago or Detroit. What Philly? I'm talent? not sure what Philly. What doing. young? All this? Well, yeah. Chicago. I don't know. Maybe because I'm here. I, like Detroit. Poor Jeff Blaschel had to. You know, he he got the terrible years there. <laughs> he said, "Thanks, thanks for thanks, thanks for take, doing that. Taking one for take, the team, right. Blash. Thank you. S- presumably." You maybe have one more or two more bad years, and then you've got um, a team that's just been loading up in, in, with young talent for the last five years, run by a, a GM and Steve Eiserman, who we, who you know, built a powerhouse clearly, in Tampa. It's clearly we, we think okay. Is pretty smart. Um, owned by a ownership group that historically has spent once it's appropriate to spend. So. I mean, I, I think that's that's a sneaky, really good job. For sure. And also Winnipeg, where like if you get that job, you could have it for 10 years, 15 years if, <laughs> if you want it. Right. I don't the the wings are the wings are interesting for me. I think I would maybe still rather be the guy who gets hired after the next guy. <laughs> oh, you want the wings Red Wings job in three years. Yeah. Right, exactly. I think this I, is I the guy be, after the guy. I think the it, Jeff Blashell post Jeff Blashell. So that was so he Blashell coached for long enough to bridge the gap. Like they don't. There's no. Yeah, he he put in the worst possible years. <laughs> there's no Michelle Terry and like bridge coach in between this in between them being a bottom feeder and a in a in an actual contender. I don't think so. Hmm. But yeah, fine. You I know what? You know what? Forget Vegas. I hate, I hate Vegas. I'm just saying, go, I feel like that could, I, I think if you don't yeah. win a cup in the first two years, you're maybe you're, out of a job. You're probably gone. Or, mm-hmm. um, the other I thing is, need, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I don't need, I don't need Philly and I don't need Chicago. Chica- Chicago Chicago's is. Chicago's a mess. I, they're, they don't, the rebuild hasn't actually started yet. <laughs> like right. they're just, they're at such a ridiculous point in their life cycle that I would just want nothing to do with that. Yeah. And there's no, 
there's no clear cut plan out of it, right? Like no, they, no. Detroit's already gone through the pain of clearing all the brush and burning off all the bad contracts, and like that's yeah. mission accomplished. There now it's now it's making sure you draft the right players, and and they still need another young center. Like this is a but. Yeah, Vegas Chicago. is Vegas is the ego choice. I think Detroit is like the is like the when you sit down and really think about it, you know, maybe that's it. Um, it, it makes sense that I said Vegas and you said and you said Detroit because you have the ego and yeah, and you're and you're you're so humble. Just ask Craig how humble he is. Oh, so humble. Um, I'm I'm going Detroit. Vegas is probably two because all right, I'll take a run at a cup in the next two years. I don't have to wait. Like I, that's it's, they're not far off, and you get to coach and live in Vegas. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three is stars. I'm mm-hmm. with you on that. You have Haskin in. You've got get, you have good you have Robertson. Yeah, go with the goalie. Just just nineteen million dollars for Jamie Benatelli. But that's okay. <laughs> I mean, Moving there's on. some work to do. Yeah, I don't. And then maybe Philly next. You're taking Philly over Winnipeg. <sighs> I am. You got a problem with Winnipeg? No. Say it. No, I don't. I love it. I love Say Winnipeg. It. Say love it. it. Say love that it. you hate Winnipeg. <laughs> bring up bring up the Brisgalov points or parks parks discussion. Do it. Um No, Philly would be fun. Get money. Great fan base. I love Philly. I love Philly. So um all right. Let's um, Jeremy. I think Jeremy is here. Probably hanging out for too long. Yeah, I'm not going to make Jeremy wait. So let's take a quick break and dive into what's been an incredible series and and catch up with Jr. Who's who is uh, the best? The best and kind of like an honorary Kachuk. We got to get into the Kachuk stuff Mm because he knows that family better than anybody. So perfect. We'll be back. We are now joined from maybe the best basement I've ever seen. Oh my god. I don't even mean that. Like, like Jeremy Rutherford is <laughs> guy. Folks, folks, Craig's seen a lot of basements. Let me I've tell seen, you. Oh my gosh! Can I? Let me. Let's, let's talk. Let's rank them. All right. Guys so are, number two, if Jr's one, number two would be basement freak. Jeremy is sitting. In, he's got. He's got a replica arena. Of, I mean, Jeremy, why don't you take us through before we get into the series? You know what this is, Craig and and everybody. This is a. Uh, Pandemic basement. So basically, this was unfinished concrete, mm-hmm. you know, all that type of stuff. And during the pandemic, I just looked around and said, "We got to put a hockey rink down here." Of course, so as one I does. <laughs> I don't know that this happens without the quarantine and being here twenty four seven for months and months. But anyway, yeah. So we decided we were going to put some synthetic ice down. So that's what you see in the background. Wait a second. Uh, there's kids- there's synthetic ice too. I I thought it was just yeah. I thought it was just the boards. Holy cow. Okay. Yeah. No. So my uh, kids can uh, skate on that with their blades. And then we put the boards up, and H and H did a lot of the uh, the work. So I put their sticker up on the dasher there, and and then of course when you're big and fat like me, you gotta have Dunkin' Donuts uh, <laughs> up against the uh, <laughs> wall. But then uh, you know above the wall, it was just uh, gray paint. And I said, no, we gotta have some fans watching the game. So I found a place uh, here in St. Louis, Fast Signs, that could put the sticker up uh, of the fans. So that's actually uh, the crowd from the watch party at Enterprise Center. Game seven, two thousand nineteen. I was in Boston covering for the Athletic, and that's uh, that's the fans here back in St. Louis. That's amazing. That's, you win and the, then you got a stall right there, a dressing room stall. If you're ever feeling like, boy, I miss sitting in front and waiting for a player to come out and, and address the media, you can just sit there and stare at it. 
I just stand there for hours and wait for the player to come out. <laughs> when you imagine, when you imagine the player, like who, who is the fake player that's coming out the top? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, who used to always take forever? Yeah, I was say, um, who made you wait the longest? Yeah, that's, that's what I'd like to know. Yep. Well, uh, you know, one guy would be there forever. Ian Cole, you guys are familiar with him, but he would sit at his stall for like yep. an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. In practice. Ian's yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, who, you know, who really loved that was Mike Sullivan. Yeah, <laughs> he, he loved he loved whatever whatever Ian Cole would sit down and talk talk to talk to us I'm, for. I'm convinced long. that Ian Cole was like run out of Pittsburgh because he appeared in the newspaper too many times. I, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm 40 percent convinced that played a factor. Like, I remember like that guy. Like, people are like, oh yeah, uh, Solly doesn't do you- like that Ian's that Ian's quoted so often. I'm like, please, he's, he's like great. Come on. <laughs> you're only you're only at forty percent on that. I you think you should bump 90. that up significantly higher. He was uh, beating he, he Sullivan benched him for no reason. He didn't play for like for like twenty games before he, whatever. Oh, that, I could just see not, Mike Sullivan getting the, the, the morning clips and just being like highlighting talking Ian to, Cole talking quote, to uh, Yoey again, flipping through <laughs> highlighting another Ian Cole quote. Um, how did we get sidetracked? So, what a series, Jr. You're on. Um, yeah. We were talking about Kadri and Bennington before, but like. Uh, when all that's happening, in if you could just take us into the moment where it's like you and Peter are trying to report out what's what's become a you know a national level story. Yeah, you know we've all been doing this for a long time, twenty plus years, and to me, still, what draws me to the job is that when you show up for work, you have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea, and so here we are covering a hockey game the other night, and there's a collision with Kadri and and Jordan Bennington, and obviously everybody's upset on social media. So now it's our job to go downstairs and ask the questions and uh, find out what we can find out and get back up to the to the computers. And so uh, Peter Bow covers the avalanche for the athletic. I'm not familiar with him, but I think he's, he sounds like an up-and-coming kid. Don't know a lot about him. He's, he's really good. Yeah, I read his stuff. Um, so we go our separate ways, and I head into the Blues locker room, and I said to Craig Bruby, what would you think of the, the collision? And he said, well, you guys know Padre's reputation. That's all I have to say. I'm like, okay, there's your money quote, right? You know that you know what he says. So we're going back upstairs, and then Peter's texting me, and he says, "Hey, Bennington just threw a water bottle at Kadri. I got it confirmed from two or three people." And you're like, "You're kidding me!" Like we're really talking about a professional athlete throwing a water bottle at another athlete. So all of a sudden, uh, Tarek, our our colleague in Washington, he's covering for TNT here. He's got a picture of the water bottle. <laughs> you can't kind of dream this stuff up. So. So then I kind of go back off into a corridor and I'm calling sources trying to find out what's the injury with uh, Bennington. And you find out he's going to miss multiple weeks with a, with a knee sprain. And just what a, you know, so much already in this series between, you know, the Blues trying to shut down McKinnon and the big guys, McCarr, and, you know, the series kind of going back and forth. And now you add this element to it. And, you know, just a, a joy to sit down at the laptop and try to piece it all together. I think the look at Kadri's reputation quote is a bit, I'm not going to say a cop out, but it, like it's, it's saying something without saying mm-hmm. anything kind of to me. I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you. But I mean, and listen, it's tough in today's day and age with social media when you cover a team, because everybody thinks that you're a homer. If you say oh, this or you're I'm not saying you, JR, this is not my, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, when you look at the track record and I know, I know Peter, that up and coming writer uh, that, <laughs> that we know about, yeah, it, uh, wrote a story about Kadri <laughs> and that, look, he can dispel that he's had a great season this year and he doesn't have to be about his past, but then you have an incident like we had a couple nights ago and just about any NHL player you talk to says that, you know, a guy in Kadri skates there knows what he's doing. So 
you know, is he that player? Is he that reputation or has he changed it? You know, I think it's fair for Craig Bruby to question him. And I, I don't think it in, in Kadri's case too. I mean, he's not going in there thinking, Hey, I'm going to sprain Jordan Bennington's knee and he's going to miss or, or what, or no. whatever it is. And, and, he, and he's going to miss however many games. I mean, he can just be thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to create, I'm going to create chaos in the crease here. Like there doesn't need to be malicious intent, you know, injurious kind of intent for there to be intent. Like it, it can be, it could have been like lower level. Like, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's stir some shit up in the, in, in the net here and see what happens without, you know, graduating to that level. Like, yeah, hope, ho- hopefully I heard him. Like, I, I don't think anybody is saying that that's, you know, the, the level that the level of like recklessness that the Kaju is acting with. Yeah. I don't think there's a, you know, intent to mm-hmm. injure, but I think there is a, okay, I'm going to go in there and cause chaos. Like you yep. said, Sean, and you know what, if it happens, it happens, mm-hmm. you know, so be it. So maybe not mm-hmm. an intent, but if it happens, <laughs> I just, I, I want to point out, I mean, Sunday, Akimalu tweeted that Kadri had received, you know, racist attacks and threats in the avalanche are now, they, they issued a statement saying they're looking at, you know, they're aware of the threats and working with local law enforcement. Like that's, that that is like that we can't just have a good old fashioned, like hockey playoff series brouhaha without that is, I, I'm not trying yeah. to like rain on the parade, but I do want to acknowledge that that's also happening and that it's Kadri's dealing with yeah. that in the middle of all of this. It's still the first thing. It's still the first thing that the worst people on earth go for when it, when it comes time to talk about this, they look at, look at Nazem Kadri and he's, and he's Muslim and that's, and that's that, like that's still the first, and, and that, that's still the first thing that the dummies, that the dummies go for when, when they're mad about this stuff, of course. Yeah. And, you know, with the wide ranging element of social media, you know, those threats could be coming from anywhere. But my first thought, to be honest with you guys was, St. Louis, like, come on, you mm-hmm. know, like if, if that's the situation and this is the matchup. So it's St. Louisans that are, that are doing this yeah. as a lifelong St. Louis. And, uh, you know, it just kind of hit me like, come on, like mm-hmm. you can absolutely positively be a hundred percent better than us. Hey, let's have fun with the series, but this uh, goes way too far. Of course it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And so like, that's, so I, even just in this moment, you sit there and say, boy, I, I want to talk about Cadre and his reputation, but you also were like, I don't want to fan the flames of like, these idiots that are—I don't know. That's part of the calculus. You're like, this happened. Right. Okay, this happened two days ago. Um, do, you know, are, do we want to throw another log on the fire as far as this is concerned? Like, I—I I, I don't know. That's—that's a—it's an unpleasant, unpleasant part of having to figure out, you know, what what we talk about and when we talk about it. But I think I think it is still. This is not a one day story. I think when you yes. look at the right, right, JR, like with the, with the yeah. with, with the injury to Bennington and, and some other kind of satellite stuff that happened there, this is not something that you know where the where the effects are limited to the weekend and that's it. Yeah, no, you're right, and it's interesting that you say that, Sean, because as writers, uh, all of us, um, yesterday when the cursor's blinking mm-hmm. and I'm starting my athletic story. Mm-hmm. You know, do you start with the collision again? Do you start with mm-hmm. the play? Do you start with Kadri? And, you know, you get into it, of course, but I purposely told myself, you know, start with the Blues are moving on. Yeah. The Blues have to move on. They've got a different goalie now. Here's what the coach is saying about Billy Husso being back in the crease, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, eventually you get to it again in the story because you have to. Uh, but I think that it's kind of our role, like you said, A, not to fan the flame, but also to advance the story and uh, and keep it moving. So. I mean, this is, you know, in terms of talking about the series and, and now you're, you're down to, you know, 
another goalie. You're bringing up who's who's now the backup. That would be what Charlie Lindgren coming in now. Charlie Lindgren, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, what, what do you see is in terms of implications on the series now, kind of moving forward? Yeah, Craig. Well, here's the interesting part, and you guys know this. Um, you know, Billy Husa was the guy right. all year. Sure That's was. why he started Game sure One was. against Minnesota. And so, you know, when you listen to fans or you read kind of the comments and the uh, athletic stories, people are like, oh, you got to go with Huso. He's the best. Jordan Bennington, you know, can't find 2019 magic anymore. Uh, go with Billy Huso. So Billy Huso gets replaced by Jordan Bennington in game four of the uh, Minnesota series, goes on this great run. He's looked spectacular. He has now found that magic mm-hmm. and he gets mm-hmm. hurt. And now Blues fans and, you know, the fans I hear are like, it's over. They don't have right. Bennington anymore. <laughs> Billy Uso is not that good. It's, it's, like, it's just amazing. So, you know, in fact, when they said that they were calling up uh, uh, Charlie Lindgren to be the backup, he's kind of some cult figure here in it St. Is, Louis because he was up. Yeah, he was up earlier in the season and he's got this nickname because he's got the sideburns. So they call him Chucky Sideburns. They even <laughs> did T-shirts down in the American Hockey League uh, with the Springfield Thunderbirds. So he comes up. He's the backup. I got people tweeting at me yesterday saying start Charlie Lindgren yeah. <laughs> for tonight's game. I like that's that. What, that's we'll what three that's what three whatever playoff games get you. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Billy Huso. They've already <laughs> moved on. We'll see. Like you know how the playoffs go. We're gonna there's gonna be a moment where where we see what is he, Chucky Sideburns? We'll see Chucky Sideburns. Chucky Sideburns, no yeah. I'm gonna send you a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, sure. we gotta we we all got we all we all gotta mentally prepare for the Chucky Sideburns area. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like it's happening. I think like what game three sort of did was uh, with with all the with all the Kadri Bennington stuff. It's it's easy to forget just how good that series has been and just how good the Blues specifically have been. Like that that is a that's a coin flip yeah. series across across the board. And yes, and yes, Colorado won one game three. I thought that was a that's still the end of that game was 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 funky. But I, I think people are. Honestly, because of all the brouhaha, people have forgotten how how well St. Louis is, is playing is playing this far. Yeah, Sean. And here's the thing: uh, I know McCarr got on the board with an assist in that last series, but uh, you know some of these big guys, McKinnon, uh, McCarr, yeah. still looking for that first goal after they tore up Nashville, yeah. right? And so, you know, if, if you would have said probably after three games going into Game Four that McKinnon doesn't have a goal, you know, Landis has got a power play goal and a and an empty netter and you know, McCarr doesn't have anything that the Blues would be winning the series, at least leading it at, at this point. I think, you know, uh, Justin Falk, Nick Letty, Colton Preco, that O'Reilly line mm-hmm. with uh, Braden Shen on it at times, uh, David Prawn, of course, on it. They've just done a masterful job against a lot of these uh, big guys from, from Colorado. And, you know, when you're getting the goaltending from Jordan Bennington, I think you're giving yourself a chance. So I still think it's an even series. I, I still think, um, you know, we go back to what we talked about a minute ago. Billy Huso was the most consistent goaltender. He came into a very tough situation the other night coming off the bench after that collision. You know, I expect him to be a lot, uh, probably more the Billy Huso that we remember from the regular season when he starts tonight. Like, I don't know how you you factor this in, but like the the, the Blues at, at, on some level are playing with house money versus the Avalanche where all the pressure is on them to win the series. It's all the stuff we talked about going to the playoffs and, and they have to get out of the second round. Whereas the Blues, like they can just play, play the game game they know how to play and they know how to win in the playoffs and I, I don't know the longer this goes on and the closer the series gets and the more you can keep that offense at bay I, I don't know this that that swings in St. Louis's favor 
You're right, Craig. And uh, I looked at it the exact same way that, that you did. Uh, they are playing with house money because, look, I mean, what was our prediction at the Athletic? 98% in favor of the Avalanche to win that series. But two things. I think this series from the Blues standpoint is winnable, especially if you're you know, shutting down those top guys and you're getting the goaltending. And secondly, even though the Blues have a Stanley Cup just a few years ago, you guys were just talking about uh, Latang and possibly paying him $7 million to the age 38, 39. The Blues, after the Stanley Cup, gave a lot of term out Doug Armstrong did. So you look at, you know, Justin Falk and Tory Krug, uh, Braden Shen, Jordan Bennington. A lot of these guys are going to be making six, seven million dollars until their 35, 36 year. So these contracts are going to look a little different on the back end, of course, and they need to win now. So if you're in a series with Colorado and you've got a lot of guys who are aging and going to have some perhaps ugly deals in a couple of years, you know, it is important imperative, I think, to win now. And especially when you look at the series and think, okay, it is house money, but it is winnable. Uh, after um, St. Louis won, it was a game two. There's a Denver Post, Mark Kisler wrote a column basically going after Jared Bednar. Talk about the pressure Colorado's under. With the head headline reads, Avalanche needs coach Jared Bednar to be more than a Ken doll on the team bench. And going gets tough in the NHL playoffs. So pressure's on oh. Jared Bednar. Yes. Yeah, and did you guys see the uh, the Bednar quote, I think, a couple days ago? He said, we're playing the St. Louis Blues. We're not playing the second round. <laughs> See? Uh -huh. you know well yeah you're playing this you're also you're also playing the second round too. <laughs> yeah exactly second round's doing pretty well gotta say man what is uh, what a what a series that ryan o'reilly's having by the way i'm just going through some some of his some of his numbers against against mckinnon that's that's it like that to me you know if 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 you can count consistently on o'reilly playing mckinnon even and or mm -hmm. erasing him they're gonna that 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 series is is, is going to stay extremely interesting. Yeah, Sean, and not only is O'Reilly doing an unbelievable job of uh, you know shutting shutting down, blanketing, however you want to look at it, McKinnon, but he has a goal in seven of nine playoff games this year for the Blues, and he has a point in eight of nine. So he's getting it done offensively Man. too. In addition to that Selkie style defense. Oh my gosh! What? All right, so Jr. Before we let you go, we did as yep. as. We all know you're an honorary member of the Kachuk family, and uh, people are in Canada are really upset that Brady Kachuk has <laughs> uh, is cheering on his brother, and and really upset. I'm just seeing a lot of angry this people. This is fake. This is fake. This is fake news <laughs> from you. You are nobody's you are upset. Fake news. Nobody's upset. Nobody. I do like it was like a couple of people going. Should we be upset? And everybody going, no, this is great. It's, is it's any, amazing. Is anybody is anybody upset? And everyone's saying, no, nobody's upset. It it turns into how 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 could everybody be so mad about this? Like it, there's no there's no torches and pitch pitchforks coming for Brady Kachuk. No, <laughs> but how great is it to see you know that family so well, Jr. Just to see on this stage um, that that I don't know, just the the pure joy and support of each other in, in the public spectacle. I just love that. Yeah, it's amazing, guys. Sometimes the highlights will come on my TV here and, uh, you know, they'll be showing who won and, and the big plays of the game. And I'm not paying attention. Uh, but then all of a sudden I'll see Brady in the stands in Calgary and I got to stop everything I'm yeah. doing and watch to see, you know, what uh, what kind of beer they drinking, what kind of hat is his dad wearing, you know, <laughs> what's going on. It's kind of become a story. Uh, I love it. You look, I, I have three other brothers and I support them. And, you know, you know, I think that's maybe an exaggeration, honorary member of their family, but I've been around them a lot. Right. And uh, it's it's been fun to to watch that love for each other, that interaction when you're sitting in their living room and they're chirping each other, 
you know, just left and right. And to, to, to hear the barbs in person, you know, within the family walls is, is pretty entertaining. And so I support it. I do understand that, you know, maybe from a fan perspective in Ottawa, it looks a little weird to see. Him it doesn't. In the Nobody Ottawa cares. <laughs> I don't know who cares, but I will say this. Uh, I think we tried to get a story going on no, the situation. Did. I was the ring. Yeah, I, I was. I was involved. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, and so uh, I got a text back that said, uh, "My dad thinks that this is becoming a distraction, so we better not." So I think that um, they kind of want to not make this as big of a deal as it's become. <laughs> and then he signed. And then he signed an endorsement deal with Budweiser the next day. Come on, <laughs> come on. We're going to keep a low profile, but first, let me announce first <laughs> three-year deal with Budweiser Canada. Right, right. When I got to ask you guys this question in closing: When was the last time you had beer in your in two pockets of your jeans? We oh all. God. Who among us hasn't been? <laughs> I will say. I actually have an answer to this. What is it? It was this weekend. I without even yeah. like I, now that I. He's so my my parents live a few days, few doors down from us, and um, my wife and I were sitting on our deck enjoying a, one of the first nice uh, days of the year in Michigan, and we're, we just we were out of beer, so I had to walk down to my parents like I was sixteen years old, sneaking into the refrigerator oh, in the awesome. garage, <laughs> hope, hopefully not waking them up, and stuffing beer in my pocket and walking back to my deck so my wife and I could have yeah <laughs> so I felt the, the Brady Kachuk in me was was in full force recently yeah and but this it, it doesn't surprise me at all because like when the last time I was over there I was doing a story on uh, Taryn Kachuk their uh, sister yeah. and uh, they were going to her high school senior uh, state championship game for field hockey it was Taryn's and Matthew and Brady are sitting on the couch and they're telling me how they were starting the uh, Bloody Marys at about seven o'clock in the morning. And they said that, and someone else was, was driving, obviously, but they said that by the time they pulled into the parking lot to park for the state championship, like they had their heads out of the Jeep. Those are some um, very, those are some very watery Bloody Marys. There's not a lot of, right. there's not a lot of tomato <laughs> juice that's making it, that's making it into those. If you know what I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty right. clear set of beverages. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> so they have a good time, but yeah. So to answer your question, um, yeah, it's probably been at least a couple of days since I've had two yeah. beers in my pocket. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Self-control is an important thing. Well, Jeremy, uh, great work on the series as, all, as always. Um, you know, guide that, that young pup, Peter Baugh. Make sure he's in his hat. He, in his hat. Him, is he, is his he, hat. Is he walking around yeah, the yeah. rink with his, uh, range, his uh, park ranger hat on? <laughs> I have not seen it. I was hoping to see it. Um, I don't know if he's got that thing in hiding right now, which he should. I don't know what your guys' thoughts I mean, he's on back, it. But, he's uh, back. He's back home. He's a St. St. Louis boy, like covering covering a St. Louis series. I mean, he's all he's all talk. He's not he's he's not going to wear that around around the home. <laughs> I asked him. I said, "Are you wearing the hat?" He's like, "You know what? It started to become a distraction to the team and the coverage, so I decided to." And then he signed, and, and then the next day he signed an endorsement deal with Panama Jack. <laughs> oh, JR, great work oh, as always, man. Great to see you. Basement looks you awesome. You guys too. Give the best to your fam. You guys too. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. This is the only good segment on the show. So we go to the comment section, wade through your wonderful insight and, and jokes and complaints about us. Wade through I, makes it sound like it's not an enjoyable 
You're like, I gotta slog through the. Yeah, I, like, I, I like mean, peruse mean it like, like I'm at the library. Yeah, that's true. These are these are the good comments. I wade through the comments on, say, a daily power post rankings? about power rankings. Maybe m- maybe a a little mini take about about Nazem Kadri. Yeah, I wade I wade through those. Which episode is are we going on? It was what's the, what's the title? The Jake Ottinger one. Okay, I just want to join you as you read these comments. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say. Because uh, we're coming out of that segment with JR when we talked about pocket beers and all that. I do want to say, as we are in the thick of wedding season now, as it feels mm. like the first normal, the first normal wedding season, quasi normal wedding season post post 2020. Remember out there, single folks going to the bar at the open bar at the wedding, the move always, always is to get a drink mm-hmm. and a glass of wine. Nobody will question you. You get like, say, your Canadian club or your whatever, your liquor drink. Mm -hmm. And you also grab a glass of white wine and you bring it back to your, you bring it back to your table. Because it it always looks like you're buying, you're grabbing it for somebody else. And you're saying that's that's for yourself. That's for yourself. Do you have a wedding drink? Go to wedding drink? Yeah, I usually go. I usually go with... uh, Whatever the best brown liquor available is at, mm-hmm. at the at the at the open bar, and of course a, a nice a nice glass of Chardonnay. I of alternate course. between the two. Gosh, you that, that'll get you going. We so I I think I'm stuck on vodka tonics because that's what I would drink when you try to sneak one in when you're like the cousin, that's, the young cousin, totally, and I just never like, made the switch when they became that's, of legal. That's age. really funny. You're like you're like the 19 year old cousin who doesn't. who's like oh vodka tonic, oh, vodka tonic. <laughs> People drink that. That's a that's a grown up that's a grown up drink, right? It does it does it doesn't taste like Sprite. I mean, I have a vodka tonic. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a gin and gin. Um, my father-in-law drinks his wedding drink is uh, is it a giblet? gimlet? Oh, gimlet, gimlet. gimlet. Oh, yeah, like- those are those are oh those those are tasty. He makes people make he makes bartenders make gimlet. I love that. And he's yeah, I was uh, that always stuck with me. Like I've ne- he doesn't, I've never seen him drink it ever in my life. And then we go to a wedding and he's like, I'll take a gimlet. And I'm like, you will? Yeah, my dad my dad does that. I can count on my, I can count on my hands how many times I've ever seen my dad drink liquor, and I can count. I mean. My dad, my dad loves it. That's it. It's not because he's a teetotaler. My dad just loves beer mm. <laughs> and wine. Like he's just, he's just yeah. not a, he's just not a, not a liquor guy. But it is funny, you know. See him at a wedding, I'll have him like Grand Marnier or something like that. That's like, <laughs> that's like his move. It's very funny. All right, to the comments. Adam P says we keep debating his best move, but hypothetically, if he could go to he could go to any team. Which one would be the worst possible landing spot for Barry Trotz? Oh, the worst! <laughs> All right, <laughs> now we're asking. Now we're getting somewhere, Adam. I, other than other than the be, Islanders, <laughs> well, the Islanders, the worst may be the. I mean, what we where we target them is Winnipeg. If if you're going on our conversation earlier, like the job you'd want the least is maybe Winnipeg. Just because, yeah, but he's got like the, the window is closed. Now, maybe for him personally, it'll be okay. Yeah, I also will say this: we always do this with players, and maybe we're just making the same mistake with coaches. Like, hey, Steven Stamkos is from Toronto. Like, I don't know, just because Barry Trotz is from Winnipeg. There's been a, there's been a lot of guys. Like there's been a lot of guys. Win a cup in Vegas. Well, Tavares was like the first. There's all those guys over the years from Toronto 
who would at least the biggest of the big fish. Like we did it with Stamkos, and then we did it a year later, right with 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 Tavares, and, and it finally clicked. But there's a there's a reason that doesn't happen. Brian Rust could have come on home to Michigan. He could have. The Red Wings would have liked I, a, a nice veteran. Winner. It happened with him. It was like everybody was like, I, I saw people anytime there'd be projections over where he'd end up. It'd be like <laughs> Malkin to Florida, Latang to Montreal, and Rust to Detroit because that's all where those guys either live or are from. I would say if if we remove Winnipeg because maybe it works for him personally or whatever. Yeah, I think it's maybe Chicago for some of the reasons you mentioned. I just don't see a. They seem to be in no man's land. I don't see a way out. You, you're dealing with all the baggage. You know, I think they see. The, I think they see the way out, but it's a matter of actually executing it. Like, do you think? What's do the you way think, out? Uh, trading everybody. Yeah, everybody. And you just traded for Seth Jones. Yeah. Well, the other guy did. Not me. Couldn't. Couldn't be me. You What's the G? I just you you want to hear something? Huh. Forgot the GM's name. Kyle Davidson. Kyle Davidson. I I was I was about to say Brandon Davidson, and I I knew I knew that wasn't I knew that wasn't right. Um, I, I think I think I I love I mean, seems like a seems like a smart guy. I think he I think he realizes what what they got to do, but it's gonna, it's going to be unpleasant. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a, yeah, but you also get to coach in Chicago. Like Chicago's my, my favorite city. Anyway. It's the greatest. That like that's how that's like, how I'm, that's part of the factor for me. That's how screwed that situation needs to be. Is that I'm is that I'm I'm actively choosing against working and living and making millions of dollars in Chicago. That's how bad the Blackhawk situation is. Adam, we we were talking in in our uh, style segment of writing. Uh, our AP style moment from last episode, we were talking about how five, five on five should be written. He says it should be five dash V period dash <laughs> V with the V's being, you know, the five. I might, I might mix, I might mix that one in just to make life worse for, for, if you for, did that for, for Monica and in, in, in the other, yeah, the, 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 the copy the, desk, the copy desk folks. That. Michael K just says, just go five V five, like all jam together. I like V. I, I bet you Dom probably does that. I like, I honestly do like, I like five, My, Michael K has been a smart ass and saying VVV, but I'm saying like five V five. Yeah, no, that's no, what I think he's, no, I don't no even think five. he's being smart. I think he's just saying that's what I would do. I don't know. I'm, it's, um, Connor R writes, I've crossed the bridge, paid the troll toll. Good. <laughs> Answered the, these questions you gotta three. pay the troll toll to, to gotta get pay in. the troll question. If the blues beat Colorado, <laughs> which I don't expect to happen. I don't know anymore, by the way, on this. Uh, will Sean and Craig sing an out of sync and out of tune Zoom rendition of the St. Louis Blues or when the Saints go marching in? Mm, probably uh, not. Yeah, I wouldn't. You, you guys, you guys don't know how how hard I had to drag Craig through that. He did not want to do it. The anthem. You, know, you, you didn't want any part of it. It was my idea. The timing of that anthem. No, I, it, it wasn't no, until no, I heard it no, after no. that it was. We had I some sort of weird delay. That was your fault. Oh it sounded I'm like I'm not getting into this sounded, argument again. It sounded like it sounded like shit when it was happening, and it was because you were behind. Okay, 
I was only behind because I was trying to sing along with you because there was a delay on your feed coming into my computer. And I'm like, why is Sean singing? No, so it slow? sounded fine to you and terrible to me as we as we recorded it. This is this is this is your fault. It's not the internet's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's Gosh. the internet's somebody's fault. We should uh, we, we should just say if we had any guts at all, we would sing elimination songs for every team but we don't so we won't <laughs> no we won't do that that would be terrible no. that's like guts courage uh madass uh, oh you read one how am i stealing all this i mean go go for it tuesday boys five z's as we that's know right. is the athletic style guide <laughs> i like that we have athletic back style in, guide reference. back in style quarter oh my gosh back in style quarter what are your thoughts on the Stanley Cup being referred to as the hardest trophy in, to win in sports? Personally, I think that phrase is nonsense. It's not like some years the NHL just doesn't give out the trophy because no one was good enough. Can any trophy actually be the hardest to win if someone will win regardless? So wait, Matt, in order... <laughs> your logic is flawed on this, by the way, Matt. In order for some, a trophy to be hard to win, occasionally it has to not be awarded? <laughs> I'm trying to think of one where that where that where it's that like, happens. Nobody was good enough. So there's no like that's your if that's your cutoff or something to be a hard trophy that doesn't exist. Right. Like did they give did they give people trophies for landing on the moon or something? I don't. So <laughs> I, if it's like I, if it's like a trophy you receive for an accomplishment, and I guarantee we're forgetting something here. And where they're and just we're, like, and, and we're gonna, and we're gonna look like we're gonna look like idiots. Where they're just like nobody, nobody qualified this year. Like maybe so like we, a hall so of fame voting or something, where they just don't put anybody in one year. I don't know. Is That's a hall a of really fame bust? Is a hall of fame bust? A, but like I don't know. Five people get inducted anyways. to the NFL. Yeah, and even if it were five guys get one every every year. In the Here's NFL what I would say, Matt. I do like I've covered a lot of different sports i'm not like a hockey or die person that's like and i do believe it's the toughest because it is such a grind and having having been on the road an entire playoff series having been with teams the whole way having watched what these players go through and the injuries they play through and what you have to do to survive well how you how you have to play to win like we're, we're watching it play out in real time where Tampa is just teaching teams how you have to play to win in the playoffs. I, I was there when St. Louis discovered how to win when they beat the Blackhawks in the playoffs. Um, that There's such a long process. So you have to go through those years of learning and then you have to go through the grind of putting it all together one year. That's It's not just one year. Um, Matt S. Is it Matt S.? Yeah. yeah. Matt S. It's not just one year to win that cup. It's years of heartbreak and all the stuff Toronto's going through and Colorado's going through or has gone through uh, at Pittsburgh, all these teams. So I do, I'm again, I do believe it. It's the toughest trophy in sports. I don't know. Maybe there's a premier league or something. I, I don't know. It's the world. It's the world cup. Oh, all right. Isn't it? Cause you got to qualify. There's group. There's whatever you get to play. Eight games or whatever. I think it's possible. I, I, I think I think it's possible. Well, yeah, right. I mean, yes, I didn't definitely didn't just Google hardest trophy to win in sports and realize that that is the one that we forgot. You also get also, a trophy. You also get a trophy for the, the triple crown, which I did not know. Does that count? Oh, yes. Yeah, I stand corrected. I'm all, my my big uh, speech on hockey. I take it all back. <laughs> you it's know the what? Triple crown. 
For horses have it tougher, bro. Horses and soccer yeah, players, they got it, they got they got it tougher than, than hockey players. Because maybe that's his um they don't award it. Like you don't you have to win all three. So on some level, not winning one is the equivalent of not being awarded the it all Mattis was like right that, all along. Like that is the that is the thing that we invented and said didn't exist. God, we got it's it the, there. It's, it's, it's the triple, it's triple crown. crown. Yeah. So anytime someone says the Stanley Cup's the toughest, <laughs> uh just be like, no, it's not. It's a, it's a triple crown. It's the toughest trophy to win for humans. Probably. Right? Just wanted to point out, says Jono, that D. Lombardi was the one who made the Milan Lucic contract disappear from the Boston Cap, not the Oilers. Yeah, we, I knew, I knew, we knew that. Did we say Oilers? I don't think we did. I n- no, I think so. I think we, I think we both kind of forgot about the Milan Lucic the LA, Martin LA Jones. Era. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if we did, it was just a. I, I I'm up. saying, I'm saying, me personally, I forgot in in the moment in that conversation in that conversation that Milan Lucic played for the LA Kings. Absolutely. Okay. I'm sure a lot of other people did as well. Ted C. I tend to listen to the show on Wednesday morning, so usually it makes sound it makes Craig sound like a wise oracle when talking about games that happened the night prior. Also, I caught an unintentional Ramones reference when Craig said, "quote We're a happy family" regarding Team Sean, which is which is also that's pretty funny. great. We, it was was it? Yeah, was I, it actually? Was I it, meant was it. it unintentional. We're a mm. happy family. Should we sing that song? I think that's the NFT we need. A Tuesday Boys tribute to Twilight. That's very that is very funny. Um Anthony M says Curse saved the show from going down the shitter, which is absolutely correct. True. Fact. It's true of every guest that's ever like, appeared on the I, show. Like the secret's out. If you just listen to the show, segment two is the most informative. Like this is where we bring in people that know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's so much better. Try try not also, to try not to talk over them. He, we, I, we're better at that now i will say this this we're intentionally bringing in athletic uh writers during the playoffs because we do want to be in the moment a little bit on the podcast more than usual we we like to be a little bit evergreen and have players i've really enjoyed the insight you know from kersey and jr like like, talking to players is fun and you get stuck like some you know the tage thompson's like i just think back to like the last couple we did it's all good and it's different but i have enjoyed tapping into the knowledge in these people that are just on the ground and immersed in the playoffs. Yeah. That's the playoffs, man. We need, we need people who know more about these series than, than we do. Jen F thanked us for all the, all the stars talk. You're welcome. Mm, Got it, Jen. As a fan of a team in a non-traditional market and in a market dominated by football at all levels, hearing you talk about our boys and especially the effusive praise of our boy, Jake is so appreciated. Sean, I hope you'll keep your eyes on Dallas next season. Give us stars fans some breadcrumbs. I think I, I think I will. I love that team. <laughs> I think they're number one on your coach list for Sean Gentile, coach-free agent. I mean, Sean Shapiro told me something about them recently, which is like, is that they're, I mean, and of course this is true, but it's a good thing to remember. They are trying to make the playoffs every single year, no matter what. Like, you know, yeah. you have an, yeah, you know, you have an ownership group and a GM that, are all in every year, no matter no matter what that means. I think that counts for a lot, and I think that's the kind of thing that if you're a coach with, you know, I don't want to say an ego, but a coach who believes in your work and and believes in your ability to manage personalities or 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 you know make moves tactically or whatever your thing is as a coach, 
I think whenever you know that you have an ownership group that's going to spend, that's a big that's a big hurdle. Now the cap situation isn't great, and you know maybe the middle of the lineup isn't either, but that means that means a lot to me personally. I don't know about you. Maybe maybe you don't care. Maybe you're just in it for the money. You know? Yeah, I five years times seven, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> Also, recommendation from Gen F is uh, if you're using frosted mini wheats, use chocolate milk instead of instead of normal milk, which is what's which your is wild? <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's treat boy stuff from, so uh, listen, from Gen F. Can I, Gen? Gen, I'm only talking to Gen here. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a, a family of teachers. I'm the only mm-hmm. person in my family, and I'm sure I mentioned this before. Extended family. I'm talking aunts and uncles and cousins. Everybody's a teacher, and I've learned through the years. How many parents are giving their kids sugar cereals, and if you're pouring chocolate milk, that's taking it to a whole other level, and sending those kids off to school? <laughs> and these poor teachers are the ones that have to deal with that. See you later. So I'm sure Jen was talking for her own enjoyment. Mm-hmm. She's um, She would go frosted mini wheats with chocolate milk. But if anybody's listening to this and gets terrible ideas to, to allow that of their children, for I speak uh, on behalf of all the teachers in our fine country, maybe pass. Well, whatever. And then she came back with another hockey question. She mentioned Lambert and McIndoo on the on, on Puck Soup talking about Malkin and Latang leaving Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's kind of in our um, podcast family tree. It is, Puck yeah. Soup. They're they're on the uh, they're on the they're on the app. Jed F says, and I think this is interesting. What are your thoughts on John Klingberg to Pittsburgh? Huh? As the Latang replacement. Think about it. He's going to be cheaper. He's going to be he? on some. Is he? I think probably. Okay. Do you think he's getting a? Do you think he's getting a? a do you think John Klingberg in twenty twenty two is getting a five year seven and change million dollar deal? Maybe. Yeah, I just because he's younger. I, the last couple the, the last couple years have been tough for him. I th- I th- I, th- I don't know if the big money is going to be there for him. And I think as a as a Latang replacement, right handed, a couple years younger. Mm-hmm. Let me ask Tennis. you this: mm-hmm. Would it would be better for the Penguins? Uh, a cheaper, a cheaper, a cheaper Klingberg. And then maybe you bring in back Klingberg, Malkin, and Russ. Now you've got all three. They're playing with they're playing with fire here. Pitts- Pittsburgh is like. It's a lot of money for Rust. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. It's 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 cap for Rust, who's a win now player. They have the Jeff Carter extension, which is kicking in next year. I think th- you look you look at them and you're like, this is interesting because because they they have a lot of cap because they don't have they don't have Malkin or Latang on it. But that but that's going to get eaten up in a hurry. I don't know. I'm not. I I'm. Be watching that intently. I'm not. I'm. I'm still not quite sure what's going on there, and I. And I don't. I don't think we're. We're going to know that for. For. For a bit longer. Is that it? You just, well, let, you just leave me flap in the breeze like that. Thanks for nothing. Do, I got nothing else to say about that. We've already talked about the penguins yeah. way too long. It's true. I can't help it. I like this one from Will C. <laughs> Sean isn't really sick. <laughs> He's in deep cover behind enemy lines, continuing his investigation into the shady Pronman fellow. <laughs> the very, the, the very mysterious, mysterious Corey Pronman. Corey Pronman. I, I, will, I will neither confirm nor, nor deny. 
your den is back. She says, as someone with a journalism degree, I really appreciate the style guide section of the yeah. pod. <laughs> so we may, we may, have, we, we may, <laughs> <laughs> this is for five people. My uh, favorite bit was when Sean complained about editing Craig's copy and then said constitutionally enable. Because uh, I, real chef's kiss moment, your Dennis says, and she is saying this because I said enable instead of unable. So she is, she's uh, turning my own shit back against me. Editing bunch, bunch of audio in the moment versus words that I've typed out intentionally and <laughs> filed to be printed. I don't know. Say <laughs> enables, enables, enables a stupid. That's a stupid mistake to make. Well, I think she's. I think she's got me dead to rights here. Greg, how are you going to be spending the rest of your Victoria Day? Oh, you know, it's it's a tradition in my family. Every Victoria Day, we put it on our white pants. Everybody's <laughs> talking about our white pants. Go out to the. The grill and barbecue some, some Victor- uh, Victorias. Moose, some Vic- <laughs> then, of course, we unlock the cottage as one does on Victoria Day. We go up and <laughs> dewinterize it. Is that what you would do to a cottage that's been shut down for the winter? <laughs> I, I would imagine it was summarized, but I wouldn't know because I'm not a rich person who has a cottage. Are, I think Canadians. It's part of like the healthcare system. I don't think <laughs> yeah. they buy them. I think you're you're, you're at birth. You're gifted. You get healthcare for life and a Canadian, uh, a cottage in like Muskoka. Yeah. Am I saying that correctly? On one 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 two two Boogie Woogie Avenue, <laughs> you, which is the address of Pierre Lebrun's cottage. You're at one one two four Boogie Woogie Avenue, which is across the street. Um, Sean, can you finish us up because I can't get to my Google Doc that has the rest. I know Mike Russo has his podcast. Uh, Billy Garen is going to be on it this week and. Anytime Bill Guerin is on the Mike Russo podcast, it's worth listening to. Also, Bruce Boudreau, who I said, I'd like to apologize to the listener. Dear wait, listener, did you, I lied. Wait, t- all right, time out. What? You got to the, you, you got to your, your promo, your promo. No, shit, no, no. I'm, this is all from memory. I no just, way. Uh, Bruce Boudreau, this is because producer Jeff, while you were sleeping, Sean, this morning, producer Jeff <laughs> gave me a heads up on what was coming in our podcast. It was called podcast preparation. Never heard um, of it. Bruce, they had to cancel last week. He's going to be on the podcast with oh. Vancouver Pod. This again, I, like Bruce Boudreau and um, Billy Garen are like two primetime A plus guests. They're not yeah. Jeremy Rutherford level or Peter Ball or Kevin Cruz. Yeah. Who could be really? Who couldn't have been better? Um, but they're pretty good. So check that out. Something something uh, Apple Audio Plus. Mm-hmm. Hey, Craig. Yeah. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating interview. <laughs> okay. And subscribe, subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. The entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial. It's just 99 cents a month after that. Can you believe that there are people who listen to this and don't subscribe to The Athletic? I personally don't. But right now, you can get an annual subscription for just $1 a month or six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. Uh, tomorrow, I actually just got a message about this from Flannery. I might be... We're going to see who the, who the host is on Tuesday. We're, we're going to see breaking news, folks. You're going to do the Canadian version of the American Tuesday show? Um, Ian may have... Something has 
Uh, hmm. The power is out at Ian's house. I wasn't going to say that because I, I, I feel like that was maybe put him on a blast, but I don't give a shit. The power is out at Ian's house and it has oh. been for a couple days, so he might not be able to report. How does Canada get power? Like, What, what, what powers Canada? A moose on a, on a wheel. <laughs> it's a giant moose. Happy Victoria Day, everybody. Happy Victoria Day. Be safe. <laughs>